Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball with MLB insider John Heyman and former Major Leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. Well, it's been a minute, but we are back again. Welcome to Big Time Baseball, the Winter Meetings edition. Tony Gwynn Jr. alongside John Heyman. John, it's been a bit. How are you been? I'm good. How are you doing, Tony? I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to... Really, the next three days. I mean, winter meetings last from Monday to Thursday, but let's be honest, everybody gets their work done in those first three days. Thursdays, is it's a ghost town. So we expect, well, at least it sounds like, John, we're expecting a little more action in this winter meetings than we've had maybe last year or the year before. Uh, it seems like some dominoes may fall in this particular winter meetings. Yeah, I mean, it's a ghost town, but it's a beautiful ghost town. As you know, since you do live here in San Diego, uh, we do expect uh, a lot of activity. Uh, we were here in San Diego in 2019, and that, that is when Strasburg, Rendon, and Cole signed all on consecutive days. Not sure we're going to see that, but I would not be surprised if Judge and Verlander went fairly soon. And I think the Judge is the one that's, not to pick on him, but I think he's holding up the market, it's just that he's the best player. And you know, he's going to be the biggest contract, we assume. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the Yankees and many other teams are kind of on hold waiting to see what goes on with Judge. But it does appear to be the Yankees and the Giants. With, with We think the Yankees are favored. We, you know, we'll see this how this podcast plays out. But uh, there are surprises in free agency, so I could be wrong. No doubt about it. Uh, Yankees have reportedly upped the ante somewhere in the eight years, 300 million range. We don't have specific numbers. We'll find out where Aaron Judge falls. But let's work a little bit backwards because we've already had some pretty significant moves happen before uh, today's beginning of winter meetings. Let's start with Jose Abreu. He was uh, I know he was on the Padres short list. Uh, to 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 try to nab it, uh, bag him and, and get him in this lineup, but instead he signs with a, an already talented uh, Houston Astro ball club. Tell us how that all came about, and and how do you think that fits for for this Astro ball club? Yeah, I mean he was very popular on the free agent market. Boston had him as their number one outside uh, target. Obviously, they want to bring Bogerts back, but uh, yeah. among outside players on other teams. Abreu was their number one guy. Miami was interested in, in Abreu, and I believe he does live down there. But it's very easy to go to Houston, uh, the World Series champion. They're going to be outstanding once again. And they, you know, they don't have many weaknesses, but I think they wanted to lengthen their lineup a, a bit. It kind of dropped off after five with Tucker last year to some degree, at least offensively. And here they add a piece. I think they're looking at a corner outfielder. They're looking at a catcher. I mean, they could lengthen their lineup quite a bit if they bring back, let's say, Brantley and they add a Contreras or trade from Sean Murphy, who seems to be on the block with Oakland. So uh, they probably have a couple more offensive moves to do. And, uh, I mean, their pitching is so good that I'm just wondering if they're really going to go crazy to keep Verlander. Verlander was great for them. Obviously won a Cy Young, helped them win two World Series. and uh, But it feels like uh, Verlander may end up leaving uh, whether it's to go to the Dodgers or the Mets. But uh, I do think that offense is their focus. Their pitching is outstanding. Well, if he doesn't sign, that's another $40 million you have to disperse with whoever it is you bring in. You bring up Contreras because it, it it's it's almost – it's not almost. The rich getting richer, really. Even in, in Jose Abreu's case, uh, that's an upgrade at first place. You bring a guy in like Wilson Contreras, my gosh. I mean, that lineup – 
uh, offensively look good and defensively. I don't think there's much of a drop off. I mean, uh, uh, Maldonado's done a great job defensive. He's one of the best defensive catchers in the league. However, he, he lacks on the offensive side. So you may give up a tad bit defensively, but you're certainly getting it all back on the offensive side. It, it's really intriguing yeah. to see a team like the Astros coming off of World Series continue to plow forward and, and bring more guys in. Yeah, and Contreras is interesting. They, they actually had a deal in place for him in the middle of the season at the trade deadline, mm. and the owner ended up nixing it when Dusty Baker told him, we don't want to change catchers when our pitchers are doing this great in the middle of the season. It seems to be a different scenario. Offseason, we'll have a chance yeah. to work with Contreras uh, in spring training if they do bring him back. I don't think they'll bring back Vasquez because Vasquez – frankly underperformed in Houston. He was terrific in Boston. He'll certainly have a lot of opportunities. There are other teams, St. Louis, Minnesota, maybe San Francisco, looking at uh, catchers. But, uh, you know, if you add Contreras with Abreu and Brantley, I mean, then they have a dynamic offense as well as uh, pitching. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. Uh, Astros continuing to uh, tighten the screws, it looks like, on that American League West, especially if they continue to move forward. Uh, offensively bringing a guy in like uh, Wilson Contreras. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a surprise. Deal. It's a surprise deal from the standpoint that it came from the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, but they, and it's the biggest contract they've given out in quite some time, three years, 40 million to Zach Eflin, who by the way, had a terrific postseason run. And uh, it's, it's another picture painted yeah. that when you go out, no matter what happens during a regular season when you perform on the big stage, when the lights are at their brightest, people take notice. And I think this is a, a reward right. for Zach Eflin and the way he pitched in the postseason. Absolutely. I mean, Evaldi is the greatest example of that of all, pitching so great as he did and heroically in the uh, 2018 World Series and was really rewarded uh, by Boston for that. He is now a free agent. That Eflin deal really uh, set the pitching market afire. I think uh, also the Matt Boyd deal for $10 million, a guy who yeah, pitched 13 yeah. innings last year uh, and has a lot of lifetime ERA close to five. Now a talented guy, but $10 million for you know a guy with those credentials is pretty impressive. But Eflin to get $40 million, that was a bit of a shocker. Uh, there were two teams that were willing to do it, and it was Boston and Tampa. Interestingly, uh, Tampa, which got him, he does live in Florida, and Tampa was, frankly, a better team than Boston last year. Yeah, so I yeah. really understand that. And Boston, which is run by a Tampa guy, Heim Bloom. So uh, obviously a Tampa, which has a lot of analytics. They figure a lot out. They they see something in Eflin beyond the numbers. It, it, is, the, it, it is the thing we see across baseball's landscape year in and year out. What one team feels like uh, they can fix or they can make a product better. And listen, we've seen specifically the Rays, Dodgers take guys that, you know, may have come off or may not have reached their potential. And all of a sudden they get there and they're different dudes. So there's proof in the putting to, to yeah. for the, for the Rays to go, do something like this. I mean, some teams are great with pitching Cleveland, Tampa, yeah. LA, uh, you know, Miami. I mean, they're good with pitching. They're not good with hitting, but uh, there is a handful of teams that are very good with pitching. Other teams are, Really still trying to figure out the pitching. Yeah, the, the other thing is when, when Rays make a move like this, everybody's antenna should go up because yeah, they, 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 don't, they, they don't often miss on these moves. Now, obviously, the biggest move thus far in this free agency 
has been Jacob DeGrom. He signs a five-year, $185 million deal with the Rangers. Now, I, I have talked to – I have been on, uh, on a few of the uh, – one of the stations in Dallas. This has been uh, a subject that has been brought up. They have been thinking about it. Chris Young gets the job done. He brings DeGrom in despite the injury history. He gets paid with a chance for this to get up over $200 million too, uh, with incentives. Uh, just talk about this deal and, and how it came apart, came, came about. Well, I mean, obviously, extremely talented pitcher, but I, I've been on record saying I thought it was overpriced. But, uh, you know, it's easy for me to say that. I mean, looking at the last two years in which he made $400,000 per inning uh, over those two years, um, you know, he thought he was underpaid. Uh, he always said he was going to opt out. He was right to opt out. He made a lot more money. Texas agreed with him. Other teams agreed with him. Texas really stepped forward last year. They spent a half a billion dollars on Seager and Semyon. I mean, they're giving it a shot. Yeah, I mean, remember when Texas did this before with A-Rod? didn't work out for them. You know, we shall see. He's obviously a very talented pitcher. But, I mean, you know, I heard that the medical was good. Um, that's great news, but the reality of it is he has not been a dependable pitcher. So, you know, I know some Mets people were upset to see him go. And, you know, part of that is the reaction of the fans. But, uh, you know, I think they can do better with $185 million despite how talented he is. I mean, dependability is a skill to me. Yeah, no, it, it is a skill, especially in the game of baseball when you're playing so many games. You want to be able to depend on guys. Now, listen – he does have out-of-this-world stuff. I mean, there just isn't anybody on this planet that's touching 100 almost every pitch with a slider that can be at 93, 94. I mean, he, he has the type of stuff that gets you paid this way. The question is, can he stay healthy? Certainly, for, for, yeah. for base, from a baseball standpoint, you hope that he can because right. having guys like him healthy are only, only beneficial for the game. Yeah, I mean, the world's changed. You know, people are paid on velocity more than their yeah. actual track record. Now, he has won two Cy Young, so he's been a very successful pitcher. I'm not denigrating him in any way, but take a look at him and Kershaw. Kershaw is also 34 years old. He is, you know, much more accomplished. Not that DeGrom isn't accomplished. He is. He's had a terrific career, but Kershaw much more accomplished, and he basically got about one-ninth. You know, he got about 11% of the money that DeGrom got based on what you think going forward on the velocity and the pitch and yeah, the yeah. scouting. So, uh, you know, it's interesting to see. But, uh, you know, obviously Kershaw didn't want to leave L.A. Legacy, all-time great. I get it. Good for him. Good for the Dodgers. Yeah, no. It, 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 I, you, you notice the the – I think where you're at different points in your career, priorities are different for the individuals. Obviously, for Kershaw, I don't know that he thinks he has a ton of time left to pitch. I think Jacob is, although he's been injured, I don't think he's nowhere near that. And so uh, yeah. we'll, we'll kind of, we'll kind of see. It. On the flip side of that, though, I do want to ask from the Mets standpoint: What do you think went into um, their thinking? Were they able to have a chance to to match this or? Or anything uh, like that, because it would seem that this is a this is going to be a tough piece to replace. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. They were not given a chance to match it. They made an initial offer, which was three years, and we hear close to forty million dollars a year. So I think it was a very reasonable offer. I, I think it was a good offer. Um, you know, 
I don't think he loved New York. I nah. mean, his teammates felt like he did. I, I don't know. You know, obviously there was time where the writers weren't in there a lot of time and they know him better than we do, but we did not seem to think he was enjoying New York very much. Um, so I, I think he, you know, I think I, based on different people I talked to or who are, you know, I think uh, understanding of the situation, I think he would have loved to go to Tampa. They don't have that kind of money. I do think they made him an offer. Texas also would fit him, I think, uh, probably as well or better than New York. So I think he got one of the places that he wanted to go to. He had told them he wanted to go there. And, you know, I don't know, you know, sometimes in free agency, you'll say something, but I kind of believe it. And he got the money. So good for him. It worked out well for him. How, how do you see a timeline for the Rangers? I mean, I look at their roster and they have obviously some good anchors, right? You you're yeah. up the middle, you're pretty you're pretty stout. You got a, a a frontline starter, but as we know, that's not usually enough to get you where you need to go. Do do they have more money to spend? What's the timeline on this? Yeah, I mean, well, they're still talking to Rodon. I, I mean, I don't think they're favorites for him, but you look at the way they spent on two infielders last year. What's to prevent them from spending on two pitchers? So yeah, good point. Um, you know, I'm not ruling anything out for them. Yeah, they look a little top-heavy right now. But, look, the Washington Nationals won the World Series in 2019 with about a half dozen stars, and the rest of the team was fairly average. So um, I'm not ruling it out. They think they have a shot to contend this year and perhaps grab a playoff spot. I don't think they think they're better than Houston. Uh, they're not. But, uh, you know, I give them credit for putting in the effort. And, and you asked ask about the Mets before. They They – probably need to go get Verlander or Rodon at this point. The pressure is kind of on because I don't see a starting pitcher of that ilk being traded. Alcantara doesn't appear to be – is not on the market. It doesn't feel like Burns or Woodruff is. If there's a starting pitcher to be traded for, I don't see it. So there's pressure on the Mets to replace DeGrom with somebody somewhat comparable. I mean, no one's going to re- come up with a pitcher who throws 102 miles an hour. There isn't another one, but – uh, Rodon or Verlander would be a, a good replacement. Uh, let's move into what we anticipate these next couple of days here in San Diego. Uh, which free agent do you think has the most momentum with a club right now? Well, I would say, you know, the, I'm not sure which club, but I would say that Judge and Verlander, there's a lot of action going on with them. And okay. uh, maybe that's me being hopeful because I think those two signings could start to move the rest of the market but certainly the yankees are a little bit on hold waiting to see what goes on with judge the giants are a little bit on hold the giants are a team that's going to spend you know there's certain teams out there that are really motivated to spend i think the giants are one of them obviously we know texas is boston should be the cubs should be it feels like minnesota in a winnable division is as well so you know i think the market's a bit on hold and i think judge not blaming judge Happens to be the best player, but the market is a little bit on hold, and we'd like to see. And I, I think it is possible that Judge Deal does get done. And I, I've said, and people can clip save this and uh, tell me I'm wrong, but it, it seems like people think and want him to go, except for the Giants people, want him to go to New York. <laughs> they do yeah, not I'm sure. Him. I'm sure the Giants people don't want no. him to go to New York. Uh, speaking of the Giants, we've seen them really have money to spend the last two seasons. And when option A wasn't there, they pretty much elected to sit it out. Do you think they do the same thing this year? Or 
is this a time now where they 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 got to go out and spend some money now? I mean, the dynamic has changed for them. They won 107 games uh, two years ago, right? And this year they were an average team. I think they were a 500 team, and they were a fairly boring team as well. I mean, as yeah. things stand right now, they're three, four hitters. I mean, good players, but they aren't going to match up as three, four hitters with most teams. Probably Jock Peterson and I don't, I don't know Mike Ustremski. Very good players, but you know. You know, they, they need to do some work. I, I do think they are talking all the shortstops, and that's probably in case they don't get judged. Uh, in the likelihood they don't get judged, at least that's what we think. And they are talking to Rodon, who did a great job for him. That was a great signing. You know, they've done a good job with some interesting signings, but the reality of it is, at this point, they're a 500 team. What happens with – they just signed Brandon Crawford to an extension last year. Does he – Two two year extension. Does he move to yeah. a, another infield position? Should they get one of these shortstops? Yeah, I mean he's a ball player. He can move to second uh, very easily, and I think there's a little extra value on second now that the shift is being banned. So you know you can't yeah. just put some lug yeah. over at second base. You have to have a good defensive player, and obviously Brandon Crawford is that outstanding defensive player. Now you've mentioned Verlander, we've mentioned Judge, we've mentioned Bogarts and, and Rodon a little bit. Uh, two guys we haven't mentioned, Correa, Carlos Correa, and, and Trey Turner. Now, listen, I, I know out here in San Diego, I keep hearing Bogart's name. I keep hearing Trey Turner's name. I mean, are, are these real scenarios for the Padres? I, I mean, every year, the last two years, yeah. I've said, no, nah, there's no way. They don't have that kind of money. And I've been proven wrong. So I'm not going to do that this year. I'm, I'm going to lean on, on folks like yourself to tell me, is that is that a real possibility for this ball club? Uh, you can't rule anything out with the Padres. I mean, they're serious about winning. A.J. Preller uh, has big guts. Uh, Peter Seidler, terrific owner. Uh, they want to do what they can. I do think they probably think Machado could opt out after next year, right? So, um, you know, I, I think that you have the right two guys. I think it is uh, Turner and Bogarts, who they're interested in. Bogarts, partly for the leadership. And Turner, that's an interesting one to me because I think we think that he'd prefer to be on the East Coast. And beyond that, you know, I mean, obviously they gather talent and they know talent and they're great at it. But when A.J. Proler got there, he probably acted a little too hastily, he'll admit, when he traded Turner. And it's funny now that he's interested in bringing him back. Not not many people would kind of – I mean, we know it was a mistake at this point. would would kind of illuminate that mistake for everybody to see, but – you know, I, I think Turner prefers to be on the East Coast. So, you know, and Bogert's probably prefers to be in Boston if he can. That seems to be a theme of these shortstops, right? I mean, doesn't I think we hear that Dansby Swanson prefers to be on the East also. You know, me, I'm I'm living on the East, but I, I would prefer to be on the West. So, you know, who knows? <laughs> it's hard to say. But, you know, they all say they're open to everything, but uh, – Sometimes, you know, family reasons, they, they prefer yeah. one region or another. It, it usually has a lot to do with family. It's funny, you bring up the A.J. Preller and Trey Turner situation. I happened to be uh, in AAA in 2015 with the Nationals. Uh, Trey Turner had, I don't know if he had to sit out the first half, but he wasn't allowed to be moved until the second half of the season. And I remember Trey Turner coming into the locker room and me and him having a conversation and him telling me at that time, this was 2015, so this is seven years ago, A.J. Preller was doing everything he could to try to find a way to get him out of that trade and get him back because 
<laughs> I think he knew that he might Oops. have made a mistake. As you said, he acted a little too hastily. And yeah. uh, it's, so it's not a surprise that A.J. Preller is once again in, yeah. in, the, in the hunt. He knows talent as well as anybody in and this. You know in that this. situation. You're a San Diego guy who has connections to the Nats. So it was a weird situation because, uh, I mean, he's a poor guy. Was, you know, he was on one team and was with the other team that he for a while, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, as a drafted player, um, you know, I, I hope they – I don't know. Did they fix that rule? I don't know. That was a that was a bizarro thing that we haven't it, seen since. We haven't, we haven't seen it since. And, you know, when you, yeah, they don't do it anymore. When, when, you're, when you're a young guy that gets drafted by a team, in your mind you think you're going to be with that team your yeah. entire career. And I think that's where Trey was at the time. Now that he's got a, a taste of the big league life, maybe he feels a little bit differently, wants to stay closer to family. He's got a family of his own now, so he's in a much different yeah. situation than he was seven years ago. Right. He's from uh, Lake Worth, Florida, so I think he'd like to be spring training. You know, it turned out the Nats were perfect for him, you know, located right. on the East Coast, plus uh, their spring training is only about 25 minutes from Lake Worth, so that was perfect. Not now. Now it's not going to no. be. <laughs> no, it's not going to The Phillies are the big threat for uh, for Turner, I think. Yeah. They, well, listen, again, another team that got pretty deep. <laughs> World Series yeah, deep. Yeah, I know. And, uh, they, they would, uh, that would be a bonus. And you have to remember, in the same way that uh, the Padres made the moves they made to bring in Soda, knowing they were, were missing Tatis, uh, it would be the same thing because Harper's going to be out at least for the first half of the season. You want some offensive production. You don't want to lose yeah. all of that. And Trey Turner certainly could fill some of that void. Yeah, I mean, Turner uh, has the connection to Harper with the Nats. You know, Bogertz there has the connection to Dave Dombrowski, who was with the Red Sox. And uh, Bogertz was a shortstop for them when they won in 2018. So uh, Philly's got some connections, but they, they had a meeting with Swanson. Uh, they've talked to Correa. But it feels like Philly will get a shortstop, not necessarily Turner, but that seems to be the favorite right now. It would be Philly for Turner. I would say Twins probably favored for Correa. Bogerts could be anything. They're having trouble with Boston, but you know we assume that he'd prefer to go back there if he could. But uh, San Diego and many other teams really like him. I tell you what, I, I feel like not enough people are talking about Xander because he's he is a fine, fine ball player. Any team yeah. that gets him uh, will certainly have an upgrade. I want to talk to you a little bit about the trade market. We don't often talk about the trade market during this time of year. It's usually the free agents, but this trade market has 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 uh, been fruitful for some teams. We saw the the Seattle Mariners and, and Milwaukee Brewers make a deal. All of a sudden, Brian Reynolds of the Pirates has ask the organization for a trade. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll no. be willing to trade him. No. Uh, he's been on the, he's, he's been in trade conversations really the last two seasons. Uh, what is, what is this trade market shaping up to be uh, this offseason? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's certainly guys who are out there. I think the Marlins uh, pitchers, I, they're not going to trade Alcantara who won the Cy Young, but they're going to listen on Luzardo and Cabrera and Pablo Lopez, who's been on the trade block seemingly forever. Uh, Milwaukee, already traded Renfro and Wong. I'm sure teams are gunning for their top pitchers, Burns and Woodruff. I, I think they're holding on to them. So, you know, uh, I think we've seen a couple good trades, but I'm not sure we're going to see a bunch more trades. You know, Pittsburgh doesn't have to trade Reynolds. And I, from what yeah. I understand, they're talking internally like they're going to keep him. You know, his agency, CAA, that worked 
with the Marlins. When they wanted uh, Real Muto dealt, they said he wants to go, and they dealt him. Uh, that doesn't always work, and it doesn't appear to be working in this case. Uh, the Pirates, you know, uh, they've they've already lost a lot of good players. I don't think their fans would take too kindly uh, to a trade of Browns. They, they did offer him the biggest deal that they've ever given uh, anybody beyond the Key Brian Hayes offer, uh, but we don't know exactly how many years or what, but he certainly should have been offered more than him because, you know, obviously he's a much more accomplished major leaguer. And, uh, you know, I think it would be good for Pittsburgh if they just signed him. I think that would be the yeah. better thing to do. Yeah, listen, at some point, at some point, you got to start trying to win some ball games and right. continuing to trade and restock with young guys who, by the way, are no guarantee that they'll get up to the big league level and be successful. Uh, you're doing your fans a disservice. So hopefully, you know, despite. I, I, I always favor the player and what they they want, but if you're an organization like the Pirates, I think you got to hang on to a guy like this. You can't keep starting from scratch and, and working from yeah. the bottom. They're going to get great offers for him. I mean, the, the, there are a few outfielders on the market. Jan Judge, who's the top guy. There's Nimmo and Benintendi, Yoshida, um, Hanniger. But, I mean, Brian Reynolds is a – uh, outstanding center fielder who can hit and uh, they could get a ton for him, but that would not send a good message. And I think they're concerned about that. Well, let the games begin Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, usually will be where the action falls. John, I know you got to get out of here cause you're, you're a TV star as well. So yeah, right. <laughs> appreciate you coming on with me Tony. and uh, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it again next week. All right. Great talking to you, Tony. All right, John, take care.